It is time for the Big 12 Breakdown. Tyler Jones here with you. Thanks for joining us with a look around the Big 12 Conference this week. And we begin with our Big 12 hot takes as we do each and every week on the breakdown. And I got to tell you, uh, first off, when it comes to the hot takes, uh, I said this last week. And I will reiterate this, drive it into the ground. I told you OU's season was over last year. Um, and now it's it's really done. I mean, things are not good in Norman right now. You had that, that win against Nebraska. That was cute, sure. But, I mean, losing to TCU, getting blown out the way that they did, Losing a close one to K-State and everything. I mean, the expectations in Norman every year is the Big 12 titles, the minimum, right? Then after that, it's trying to go to the college football playoff and winning playoff games and, you know, hopefully a national championship. You're not even going to win the Big 12 at this point. At two losses already. And... The schedule for Oklahoma, you got Texas this week, still got Oklahoma State later, still got Baylor coming up later, still got Kansas next week. It's not getting easy. It's not getting any easier. There's more losses coming for those Sooners. Brent Venables, look, it's year one. Um, You know, has he disappointed? Has his team's not been prepared? Yes. But... I think that if you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to temper the expectations a little bit. Um, let's see how this year goes. Next year is the is the true test. If you're an Oklahoma fan, I think you're already thinking about next year as that make-or-break year. Zinnable's done a great job in the recruiting trail. They're trying to change the culture there. They're trying to get tougher. They're going to take some lumps along the way, but... If you're an Oklahoma fan, I think you're already stacking up your cards and thinking about next year at this point. It's a tough pill to swallow, but I think that's the reality at this point. Um, Other hot takes this week. For Kansas, you know, last week they they win in a defensive battle against Iowa State. You know, 14 to 11, I believe, was the final score. Um my, my my hot take or my my observation of sorts here. Um, some people are pointing to where did that offense go? You know, is you know what what I say is with that Kansas team last week is that you know good teams find ways to win when you're not playing your best and you still find a way, and that's what I thought that Kansas team did last week that they still. When things got difficult, when things you know got tough, they found a different way to win, and that's okay with me. Five and zero. Oh, the over the next few weeks, that schedule is going to be tough for for Kansas, and over this next stretch, the back end of the schedule, the first accomplishment for Kansas is getting that one more, getting to six. And then everything else is gravy after that. Kansas fans would build a statue for Lance Leipold if he can go to bowl games regularly. You are one win away from that right now. 
Look, the rankings, college game day, all of that's nice. All of that is a big deal. But the real thing, the mark of success, the big picture thing is getting to that bowl game. And you need one more win. Okay? All the national spotlight and all that, everybody telling you you're great and all that, that's cool. But for Kansas right now, that, that number one thing is, is getting that bowl eligibility. And that should be on the minds of every KU fan right now. That should be the area of focus. Get bowl eligible and then everything else after that. And nothing's guaranteed. You know, other than that Texas Tech game, I don't see them being favored a whole lot over that uh, that stretch either. So we'll see. But certainly excited for the Jayhawks here. Get that win, and then we'll talk about everything else after that. Speaking of the uh, Jayhawks, that's where we begin with our uh, Big 12 slate this week. Kansas taking on TCU. And, you know, I, I know Kansas didn't put up a whole lot of points last week. But with how great their offense looked in the the previous games and how great TCU's offense looked last week against Oklahoma, and Max Duggan has something to figure out. Duggan's playing the best football of his career right now. I think this is going to be an all-out shootout in Lawrence on Saturday between these two teams. Uh, It is going to be balls to the walls, uh, a lot of points to be had between TCU and Kansas. I feel like it's going to be one of those type of games that we're looking at here. Um, I lean towards Kansas in this game. Maybe that's my bias coming in. But, you know, I, I like Jalen Daniels better than I do Max Duggan. Uh, the talent on this Kansas team, the way that they can run the football and be physical with Devin Neal and, you know, Kai Thomas. Looks like uh, Highshaw is going to be out. But, you know, they, they, they have something figured out there. Uh, I think Kansas' ability to run the football is the difference in this game for me. I like Kansas' run game. I think that gives them an edge. I'm leaning towards Kansas against TCU here. Oklahoma and Texas. Red River shootout. Um, The worst Red River shootout matchup in a long time. Both teams unranked. Um, You know, things things have not gone well. But... You know, Texas has looked better than Oklahoma has. Texas loses a close game to Alabama that they should have won. And then the Texas Tech game, you're playing with a backup quarterback, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Texas, but that was a weird game that came down to the wire and could have gone either way, okay? Now you get Ewers back more than likely this week. In Oklahoma's case, you got the doors blown off of you by TCU. And Gabriel did not play good. I mean, there was nothing good about that game for Oklahoma. And then the K-State game, K-State led that game from start to finish. K-State was the better team. So at least in the two losses with Texas, you know, that team has you know, competed, and they've played to the final whistle. They've had chances to win those games. In Oklahoma's case, they've just looked off. That's why Texas is favored in this game. Um, Red River is always exciting. It's always a very fun, competitive, good game. And 
you know, the, the old saying, the cliche, you know, you, you can throw out the records, whatever. Um, even with as much as OU has looked bad the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Texas has certainly been hit by the injury bug and all that. This will still be close no matter what. I lean towards OU. Um, it's hard for me to imagine a world where Oklahoma loses three games in a row. I lean towards the Sooners, but I don't say that with a lot of confidence. Um, this one, it, I think we're still in for a treat on, on Saturday, no matter what, between these two teams. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is quietly the number seventh ranked team in the country. How? Oklahoma State is really good. Um, what I feel like we're waiting for is that Spencer Sanders letdown game, though. I feel like that's what I worry with this Oklahoma State team. You know it's coming. It's going to happen at some point. And I think if you're Oklahoma State, really you're hoping for, okay, if you're going to have the letdown game, that it's against a team like Texas Tech or something like that where you can make up for it, where everyone else can pick up the loan. I mean, last year for OSU, their letdown game for Spencer Sanders was the Baylor game, the Big 12 title, at the very worst time that could have happened. Four turnovers, they lose the Big 12 championship to Baylor, came up a yard short. So let's just see. This Oklahoma State team is really good. They are the best team in the Big 12. This is Oklahoma State's league to lose right now. Can they keep it up? We'll see. Texas Tech, Joe McGuire, you're not putting the nation on notice, but you are playing much better football. And granted, Tech is 3-2, and two, but this is the first time that we've talked about Texas Tech being relevant in a minute. Um, I think Oklahoma State, if they play to their potential, they win this game by at least two scores. I think that's what we're talking about here in this type of game. That they're they're that much better, but is it gonna be the Spencer Sanders letdown game or are they gonna go balls to the walls here? Let's see. K State, Iowa State, Farmageddon. Uh K State at four and one, ranked twentieth in the country, Iowa State three and two. Um I think Adrian Martinez and that offense really figured something out that they're on the same page now. Uh, that was a breakthrough game for Adrian Martinez against Oklahoma. I think this version of Adrian Martinez is here to stay, that Chris Kleiman and him are on the same page. Iowa State just simply has no offense. They cannot score points. I know they're the home team here, but assuming that K-State has fixed all their issues from that uh, Tulane game offensively, if this version of Adrian Martinez is going to stay here, then I don't see how Iowa State can, can hang with K-State here. I like the Cats. So there you have it. That's our look around the Big 12 Conference this week with our Big 12 breakdown here on the Jones Report. Still more to come. Luke Slayball is going to join us. We'll uh, get his thoughts on uh, the Big 12 and talk some college football with him coming up on the other side. Stay with us. Luke Slayball coming up next. Joining us now on the Jones Report this week, pleased to welcome back the host of Raw Tools on the Studio Soapbox Network. Also working with Bally Sportsman Wes, covers 
Northwestern for rivals. He is uh, one of the busiest guys in uh, all sports media these days. Luke Slaybaugh is back on the program once again. Luke, good to have you back. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Like you just mentioned, I'm churning and turning my wheels back and forth, and maybe I'm going somewhere. Who knows? You're uh, you're putting quite the miles on these days, right? Yeah, my Kia dealer hates me. Usually every other week, my tire is blowing out, so that's life. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I used to drive a Kia. I remember that life, yeah. Mm. Uh, you, uh, you just got back from uh, State College, right? Yes, an incredible trip. I just mentioned it in the opening monologue of my recent episode of Raw Tools with Aaron Ferguson of Badger Extra, the Wisconsin State Journal. It was incredible. Uh, State College is in the middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm sure people know that if they haven't made the trip, but Happy Valley is a universe unto itself. And so I spent the week traversing from my home, St. Louis, through Indianapolis, to Pittsburgh, to eventually State College in the area around that Altoona, and uh, more closely Belfont, where I stayed for most of the time incredible part of the country. I had never been to Pennsylvania. I didn't know anything about Pennsylvania, but between Pittsburgh and then the countryside with rolling hills, you've got the Nittany Mountains, you've got woods, you've got just this beautiful rural USA type of small town feel in and around State College. I was floored. To be honest, Tyler, I feel like I was cheated out of my experience just a little bit because we got all the residual of Hurricane Ian on game day everything was going perfectly the weather was amazing and then kickoff rolls around maybe about 30 minutes before kickoff and it was just a downpour the entire time so um other than that great game day experience i mean the second largest venue in america for sports student section was loud student section was passionate um, incredible game and hats off to the nittany lions for pulling out a win over northwestern and ascending to the top 10 teams in the country that's great that's uh that's awesome to see so i gotta ask you this uh you're there in uh in state college and everything with uh with how that played out uh with with that scene and in that setting and everything uh how would you rate that venue there in happy valley and, and everything about that compared to some of the other places you've been <sighs> Again, I feel like I was almost cheated out of the full experience, and I don't think they were going to have a sellout or pack the place to the rafters. However, when kickoff approached, we were starting to get the feel that, yeah, the upper bowl, the overexposed areas, I mean, it's a wide open facing stadium. There's not many places to get shelter. So the people who did stick around, which I would estimate probably in the 80,000, 85,000 range, which is still impressive all ponchos. I didn't get a poncho. I, I wore a trash bag over my head for most of the game. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, uh, I've been to so many, I don't want to like toot my own horn or like, you know, raise the, raise the roof or anything, but I've been to iconic places. My barometer, or at least my, my measuring test for a stadium or a, a arena is just a couple blocks away from me at the Enterprise Center. That's where I grew up and learned to love sports is when the Blues are playing hockey. Oh, and I've never told you my story how much I hate that place. We'll get to that here in a second. The Enterprise, oh, you want to go to like a fucking NASCAR or Monster Trucks venue or event there or what? Uh, so I went there. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell this now. Uh, I went to Arch Madness, the uh, Missouri Valley Tournament there. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, there this go. was 2015, 
I was doing some freelance coverage and uh, I caught the flu and an ear infection at that place. And I have held it against St. Louis and the Enterprise Center since then. So uh, my hatred, my my despise for the Enterprise Center is based on me getting very sick from that place. I had a similar experience this past year in Orlando. I got on a Frontier flight to Disney World packed with children under the age of five screaming the entire time. And by the time I left Orlando and got back to St. Louis, this was mid-May, I was wrecked with my first case of COVID ever. I had avoided it to that point, but I was dying afterwards. I get that. Oh, by the way, I should say this up front before we go any further on this interview. I am not a mouthpiece for Valley Sports in particular. They always want me to put that out there up front because I say things and... If you go through the history of our, <laughs> go through the history of our conversations dating back to 2019, and I think this is maybe the fourth time I've been on the show, the you can start to see kind of the decline in like sanity on my part and my more dropping of a filter. I just want to say up front, the views and opinions expressed in these next 20 minutes are going to not reflect my employer. But I have positive yeah. things to say about the Enterprise Center because I grew up there. I've, I've seen it gone through four name changes. I covered the SEC basketball tournament in 2018 there when Kentucky beat Tennessee in the finals. And it's actually snowed that weekend in March. It was incredible. Uh, St. Louis is kind of where I learned to love sports. But ever since then, Neyland Stadium, I think Kyle Field is the best football venue I've been to just in terms of atmosphere loudness crowd dynamic the game too usually has a, a part to play in it these days I can watch just about any team play winning or losing and I think you see that case in sure. point covering a one and four northwestern team I football is football for me um between Neyland and Kyle Field and I mean OU's got a great stadium OSU's is good for its size you've been to Lawrence right <laughs> I have, and you know, the thing that stuck out to me about the booth was the hospitality. I don't think it was the AD, but someone close to the AD like helped me, offered like to carry my bags and stuff to get to where I needed to go. And it's it's a small venue, and at the time, Kansas was under less miles. They were pretty booty, so it meant a lot for me to go to a place where people aren't, you know, looking down on you and checking your bag every other minute and you know yelling at you because. There are, that does ruin the experience for me. That's why I feel that like Razorback Stadium, I, I never want to go there again. I've been there twice. I hated it both times because every time it, everyone was all convinced me like, what are you doing here? You can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Just all, all that. Um, McLean Stadium in Waco treated media in a very similar fashion. I feel like I was going through the TSA checkpoint like 10 times over during that game. Just I feel like I'm that way every time I go to Norman. Really? A certain SID there, you know, <laughs> you know is, is a total dick. I never had that problem. I've never, and I don't know why, but Mike liked me a lot. And I, <laughs> and, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because the only real controversy my podcast has ever gotten is when I interviewed Jeremiah Cordell. Cordell's a, a 
grad assistant on, on, on the team. And I think this was before he even started work, but I was talking to him just about his life journey and getting through concussions and all that. And, and, and how slid into my DMs. He was like, well, you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I never gave him the time of day. I never responded. I, I never opened it. I just, I was like, ah, that's fun. Um, but no, OU was such a positive experience for me. Um, the uh, Bill Snyder stadium in Manhattan was terrific. Um, feel the same way about Sanford Stadium uh, in Georgia, and uh, yeah, the, the ones that I, I do I do power rank all of these baseball stadiums I've been to as a fan, and what I've covered for for football stadiums so far. I haven't gotten into the I haven't I haven't put um, Happy Valley in, this, in these power rankings yet, but I got Kyle Field, Neyland Stadium, Bill Snyder in my top three, okay. and um, towards the bottom, Razorback Stadium. Faroe Field at Missouri leaves a lot to be desired. Um, okay. McLean and uh, I guess just the atmosphere that I've gotten at, Mem- at Memorial Stadium in Kansas and Vanderbilt as well and, and Chapman Stadium. They're kind of lower tier um, stadiums and venues. But no, I've been blessed. It's been really fun. You mentioned McLean Stadium. I'll tell you this. Uh, I went this past week to the Oklahoma State Baylor game. Yes. As a fan, not, not the media thing. And uh, I knew going in ahead of time that we weren't going to sell beer in the stadium, you know, Baptist school and all that. <laughs> I had accepted that ahead of time, and I was trying to prepare for that ahead of time. And I was thinking, well, I mean, there'll be some tailgates. I mean, surely somebody would be selling beer outside the stadium. No. Dr. Pepper. I, I could not find any beer anywhere. I, I'm like, I'm not trying to find, you know, you know, the, the Jim Beam – you know, devil's cut or something here. I, I, I just want to like, you know, Bud Light or something here. I got to a point, Luke, th- this is how bad it got. Uh, I saw a tailgate where somebody had Cooler's Light in their ice chest, and I offered them money to buy a Cooler's <laughs> Light off them. They just gave, they went in and just gave it to me. But like, I had to be, you know, kind of secretive about it. Like there was, it, it is like a no alcohol campus of any kind. I'm like... I can't do this. You know, this is why I don't get a credential uh, as me uh, and go as media is because I would like to have a good time and enjoy myself. And I should have told you that before you went down there. Waco is just gross. I think it's kind of the black eye of Texas, at least, at least that I know of at this point, because everywhere else I've been in the state is top tier and is fine, but no Waco is kind of culty. It's kind of gross and it's very insular. Um, the friends I had that went to Baylor didn't like it. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, Happy Valley and going to State College, before we move on, yeah, get a chance to meet my guy, Chuck and Jimmy. No, I did not. Um, <laughs> I, I, what, what was his Twitter handle? It was like at PSUFan69 or something. I, was, I just... uh, Chuck and uh, – it was like Raider Fan 69 Yeah. I've got to, at some point, Tyler, I've got to distance myself from the frat bro culture that permeates I most of this network. I mentioned uh, Chug and Jimmy, uh, or I mentioned Jimmy Devil's Cut earlier. There's a video out there of Chug and Jimmy, uh, friend of Chat Sports, downing a bottle of Jim Beam Devil's Cut in under 45 seconds. Hmm. No thanks. I got no way. I'm happy for him. He's a Penn State season ticket holder. I thought you guys could. It might be worth meeting. 
I didn't get to do a whole lot on game day. I got there super early because I knew that this is a 106,000 person stadium. It's a conference game. I've got to get my ducks in a row, get squared away. And I didn't even, I didn't anticipate the rain that we got. So I wasn't prepared for that, but I needed to do a pregame show. I needed to get my bearings under me. And I knew that everything was going to go wrong in terms of finding the, the media entrance and setting down my stuff and working with the other photographers, which, and I don't know if this is tradition, but I was one of the first people in the photographer's room ended up sitting in like what was an assigned spot and, and all that BS that photogs go through. But, you know, it's, it's state colleges and its own TV, TV market. So when you've got the AP and USA today, it's coming from Altoona, it's coming from the surrounding areas. And they just like walked through an oral history of the Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky thing. Unprompted, like just started like shooting the breeze about it and going through like everything that happened in 2012. And I remember where I was when it happened. And I remember learning about it because I, I think I was in high school or, maybe first year in college. And I, I, I just, I, I, no one talked to me. I, they just started going through all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, I went here. We was trying to get the, the perp walk and blah, 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 blah. It's like, Jesus, really? Like 10 years later, we're talking about this. And I just, I, it, it's, it's a shame. It, it's, it's horrible and tragic thing to talk about. And I was just stunned. I was like, I just want to put my head down and, and work. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, one more thing before we actually talk about the, business of the day uh i mean you and i get to just go on tangents for hours probably um are you like me and getting annoyed i i know that he broke the record finally but were you getting annoyed trying to watch college football and aaron judge's home run count coming on two things two things i got about 10 minutes second um no i i was not annoyed and here's why every single time Missouri or Auburn was lining up to punt or starting a new drive when, when they started these cut-ins, I laughed so much. I was like, this is, this is so much like, this is how much ESPN wants to elevate its product. You have sec football, what any other network would kill for what CBS (laughs) killed itself for, for so long. Like this is your prime product that that you want to put out there. Everyone wants a piece of this pie, but no, we're going to splice in Aaron judge going after a, a, a home run number that ultimately is inconsequential. I think it's great. I'm a baseball head. By the same token, I understand exactly the rationale of why they did it. This is the first time in a long time that the worldwide leader has something on the Eastern seaboard that it's able to push and get at the forefront of its coverage. Knicks ain't doing much. Um, yeah. Um, the Jets, the Giants, not a whole lot. The Nets, out of here with that so if they're going to cut in and show something i feel like this is a move that they would have done you know 20 years ago and and would still do today and would do it 20 years from now man i like i was i i was even trying to watch houston Tulane, and they're cutting in from that to show me this home run chase which i do not give a damn about barry bonds has the record as far as i'm concerned that's the real record um, he's not close to that record and you're going to break away from that. And, and it would have been one thing if they would have kept the sound on the, the football game, but the fact that they, I had to listen to Michael K and all that, like t- to me, if it wasn't that what the MLB network was created for, for those cut-ins and everything, if I wanted to see that when I watched the Yankee game or watch the MLB network. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a scratch head scratching 
incident and i think it also plays towards the the cord cutters who who don't want to pay for mlb network i certainly don't um michael k's calls were both bad i i i don't i know that yankees fans will you know oh it's so great but there have been a couple instances this season where the games went national and i was like i'm kind of happy that that the that that someone's not talking wall to wall when someone trots around the the bases i mean we don't talk about radio broadcasting and nuances of tv that's a discussion for another time i'd, I'd book an hour to talk about that oh yeah <laughs> well, let me ask you this uh i know that you have a a few distance from this but i'm sure you're keeping tabs um OU, the way that they've gone things the way things have gone south at norman here what's uh what's your thoughts on uh how things have gone for uh brent venables here it's to be expected. Uh, I think that the rational national analysts before the season anticipated that there was so much to replace from the formula that had been working for the Sooners. And granted, I'm a couple years removed from this program. Everyone besides my boy, Mike Houck, is pretty much not involved at this point. Yeah. Maybe maybe some younger you know, freshmen and all that. But really, um, th- they had to draw so much from the transfer portal and overhaul excuse me, a lot of the staff, I, I anticipated maybe four losses, maybe five. I mean, it's not out of character for a rebuilding team to take a step back. They, they had to retool. Everyone really rode the high horse, especially after Nebraska, that, oh, the culture was changed. They're so tough. They're going to take the conference by storm. They're going to walk seamlessly into the SEC. And that's just not how it works. There's... There, there are going to be bumps in the road and adjustments to be made. And I'm glad that OU took the time to focus on its change of leadership as it eventually walks into a new conference. They have who they believe is the right leader of men in place. They think they have the right culture. It's just going to take some time to really establish the vision that they want. And this is not unlike you know any other power program that makes a change. Whoever eventually takes over for Kirby Smart in Georgia, for example, whenever that day comes, there's going to be a step back. So I wouldn't panic, but yeah, it's a down year. I'll say this. The thing that that caught my thing as far as the, the point where I had hit the pause button, Luke, was that you lose, you get blown out by a TCU team who also is rebuilding, who has a new head coach in Sonny Dykes, who a program that has not been good the last few years, the way finished under uh Gary Patterson so with that like you know to me that that's not an excuse right I mean of of what went down this weekend the way that they played I mean TCU I thought going into this weekend was even in worse shape than OU was yeah it's hard to make heads or tails of that the explosive plays definitely leave a lot of questions at your head but We've we've been down this road before, and very recently, my first year covering OU, the defense was, you know, sashimi. It, it was awful, and and the year before that, it was even worse when they had to get rid of Mike Stoops. So, um, yeah, it's. I think I've got my ears right on that. I I don't. I don't think it's cause for panic, but again, you have such a, a storied tradition there, such a bar to live up to that they have the right person in place, but it is, it is concerning. And with Gabriel questionable as of the recording of this podcast, that leaves a whole other 
can of worms, it's going to be a, a rough season and they might lose Red River. And they probably put themselves behind the eight ball in terms of competing for anything really meaningful this season. But it's just, it's, it's step one. I would really selfishly like to see General Booty get the call. <laughs> yes, you would. Raiders fan 69. I got five minutes, Tyler. <laughs> okay. Five minutes here. Uh, with that said, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, are they the best team in the conference right now, you think? Right now, yes. Your Jayhawks are coming in hot. And there's something to be said about the way Kansas State has been coached and the way that they play. I kind of found myself agreeing with Stuart Mandel when he put out his Big 12 projections and he got roasted because he had K-State and Baylor in the title game. Uh, that is very close to happening. So, yeah, I, I'd say Oklahoma State, but, you know, probably a 1B and a 1C uh, in KU and uh, K-State. Yeah. Um, Spencer Sanders, for me, is, is an interesting, you know, project, right? I mean, here it is, year four. It feels like that he's played a lot better, but at, at some point you're going to get that Spencer Sanders game, right, where everything goes wrong and everyone else has to rally. That's what that's what I feel like I'm waiting for watching this Oklahoma State team work. And he's going to blame the media too. I I, I, I haven't I haven't. Spoken, oh, your fault, Luke. I haven't spoken to Spencer Sanders in maybe two years, but if if he's the same person or anywhere similar, then. I'm going to keep the rest of that to myself, but you're right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the OSUMO. And I, I always dug at them for it. Even when I was working in Tulsa, it's like, there's going to be that one loss where everyone's pointing at each other be like, how the hell? Um, I think the, the Baylor game in 2019 was that game. And then in 20, I don't even remember. They, they, yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll all work out. Uh, you mentioned Kansas uh, real quick. Game day coming there. You've been to Lawrence before. Yeah. Um, unfamiliar territory. I mean, it, 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 isn't this the best story in college football right now? They are. I rue the day when I would prefer to watch KU over my alma mater, the University <laughs> of Missouri. And, and sadly, that's where we're at. Um, ask me my thoughts about the Tigers some other time. Yeah, there's something to be said about Coach Leipold and the the integrity that the man seemingly has, where he has said multiple times on the record, I didn't come here to leave. Like, if, if we're working at Kansas, like, we're going to get the job done at Kansas however far we can take it, and, and then we'll talk. I think that's incredibly admirable. I feel like it's like the antithesis of Lincoln Riley. It's like a, you know, Lincoln was always like, oh, we're close. We're so close. Like, we're getting there. And then he leaves to go to L.A., and uh, Leipold is middle of nowhere, Kansas, and not middle of nowhere. But I, I love, I love the campus. I think the stadium is fine. I think the program is it, it, it has earned what it deserves to this point. Even if they, you know, go eight and four or something like, there's, there's gonna be. This isn't like a CFP contending team yet, but it's not far. And that's really, it's really exciting. The way they stuck it to Duke. I watched that Duke team manhandle Northwestern a couple weeks prior. And I thought, I mean, if you give them an inch on defense, like you, you will pay for it. And the Jayhawks stood the, stood up to the challenge. Before we go, last question, uh, because I know you're going to run. What is on 
season two of uh, Raw Tools. Uh, you already got some good stuff cooking up, right? <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to introduce some more regular segments. I've been talking to some people that are more than happy to, to fill in content and bring in some content. And it's going to be more hodgepodge and more unroutine than I thought. I, I wanted to do every Tuesday, and there have just been some weeks this one in particular when i'm driving back from pennsylvania and dragging my heels on a monday be like this just this isn't happening so i've tried to i've tried to make the best of what i can but it's really just reaching into the rolodex at this point i mean i've got so much cooking and so much going for me right now that i'm going to get it to 50 episodes and after that we'll see but hopefully in my work either in the Midwest between St. Louis and Chicago and Indianapolis and Kansas City and everywhere in between, we'll we'll run into some people. We'll we'll have some good guests and we'll just talk about life. There, I mean, there are some sports kind of the the daily headlines and stuff. It it, it appeals to me, but only when I've got things to say. I feel like the most fulfilling times that I've gotten to speak have been when I am drawing from experience. Like I could talk about Happy Valley for you know, 10, 20 minutes. And I did. And it was, it was great. So it's a little bit autobiographical. It's a little bit ascending to the regional sports network, you know, talent pool journey, I guess. And it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of bumps uh, and a lot of highs and lows this last, I mean, I don't remember the last time I spoke on this podcast, but I think it was about a year ago. And I, there's been so much that's happened since then. A lot of opportunities that didn't come through. Um, to the point where I can't even like watch certain NFL teams and be like, "Oh, you, you, you dumbasses!" Like those those types of situations that I'm just working hard to get better. Look, I love it. You uh, are always welcome on this show anytime, my friend. We'll uh, be talking again down the line. Check out Raw Tools with uh, Luke Slayball on the Studio Soapbox Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Luke at Luke Slayball, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for joining us, Luke. Thank you.